Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back. This is episode five of the He Is podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Elliot Threet. As you can see, Nick is not here. We're not in his studio. Uh, I'm currently out of town. So we tried to record a, a remote episode of episode five, and it went great, you guys. It went absolutely great. It hands down has got to be my favorite episode of our entire podcast of all podcasts. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, the quality of it just didn't come out like we'd like. You know, we want to make sure we produce something that's, you know, up to par, right? You know, God, I think God is a, a God of excellence. And um, we want to mimic that as best as we can, though we will never be perfect. We want to produce something that is, is something that we can be proud of. So we weren't able to achieve that um, based on the quality. The content was amazing, though. I think we should still, we'll probably still uh, clip up some of the videos, but um, it was a great discussion. Your boy started almost crying in it. We were talking about our relationship with God, and and the purpose of that is because, you know, we've been talking about relationships with, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, and hopefully, you know, hopefully entering into a covenantal relationship, um, you know, through marriage. Um, we both just said, you know, we, this has to be rooted in something. It has to be founded on the principles of of the Bible, of Jesus. So we were discussing about our personal relationship with Christ, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, we're going to probably circle back around that. But um, for the sake of making sure we can produce something good and that is of good quality, we decided to just say, you know, let's just have one of us record and and do a Bible study. You know, Nick had a, had a great idea of, of me going ahead and going first and I want to discuss, discuss, excuse me, um, the topic of love, the the topic of love, and specifically the decision to love. You know, we love and we fall into relationships and and um, you know covenantal uh, agreements for the rest of our life. We love because God has love first, and and so I want to discuss that. We're going to be looking through a lot of scripture, so I want you to bear with me. I've prayed all day today, all day yesterday as I was preparing for this, and I, um, I'm i really hoping that God just touches you guys. Like, I, There's so many scriptures that could can describe God's love, and to fit it all you know, within like 30 minutes is, is very hard to do, but I'm praying that the Holy Spirit can just combine all those scriptures of love into the ones I decide to share with you today and that you can just leave with the truth of, of who God is and really just fall back in love with Him. It is important that you find love in Him first before you even try to entertain any type of relationship with other people. It's good to be in solitude with the Lord. I believe it's actually required um, at times. Uh, we see Jesus went cons- consistently to a quiet, you know, desolate place where He can pray and be with the Father. And, and we got to have that space as well before we can even share um, a life with someone else and let alone our personal relationship with Christ with someone else um, intimately. So I want to discuss love uh, specifically of how we can even learn about this type of love that God has for us. We're going to open up the Bible and uh, let's jump into First John chapter 3 right off the bat. It talks about how we have come to know love by this. So God, you know, God is love. How do we how do we come to know exactly what this type of love is? Here it is in the scripture. We come to know love by this that Jesus laid down his life for us. Thus we ought to lay down our lives for our fellow Christians. So we come to know what love is by the example that's found in Christ. If you don't have Christ, you don't have love. The Bible talks about that. And we're going to talk about more scriptures here in a minute, but to really understand the type of love that God would have us 
join in on and to exude with other people, we need to know who he is. And it is a commandment to love God. It's a commandment to love God and, and to love other people. Um, it's not a commandment to be taken lightly. It's found in the Old Testament, and Jesus doubled downs on it in the, in the New Testament. See, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, we talk about this commandment to Israel to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And then Jesus in Luke 10, you know, shows this expert in the law that he was right in saying, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your enemy as yourself. He says you answer correctly and you will live if you do this. If you love me and if you love other people, you will live. From an outside perspective, looking in, um, I ain't gonna lie. When I before I was a believer, before I gave my life to Christ, I'm like, man, that's kind of like arrogant, you know, in a sense. Like you, you're commanding me to love you. That's kind of like an, a narcissistic thing. You're commanding me to love you. I don't even know you, um, and if I don't, I'm gonna go to hell. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna go to hell if I don't love you. I don't even know who you are. I think that's the misconception that, uh, that we have at times. We need to understand who God is. Again, how can you understand who God is if you don't enter into a relationship with him? God is love. So how can you love if you don't know who God is? How can you exude examples of love if you don't know who God is? Again, in 1 John chapter 4, by this, the love of God is revealed in us. That God has sent his one and only son into the world so that way we may live through him. That we may live through him. Luke 10, Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Okay, so I'm following the commandment to love the Lord my God with all my heart. If I do that, I'm going to live. But we see that living is coming to know love by this means by understanding the gospel, by understanding that Jesus laid down his life for us so that we may live through him, as we see in 1 John chapter 4. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're actually getting to the reason of why we should love this God. Okay, you're not, you're not a God that is, is selfish. It's actually selfless. You're a God that gives generously. You're a God that forgives sins. This is why we ought to love you, and it actually is a command. You can't help but be compelled to fall in love with him. I'm reminded of, uh, I don't know if you guys can remember when you first gave your life to Christ. When I first gave my life to Christ, I, I didn't really believe, so I didn't have emotions by it. A lot of people think love is, is attached with an emotion. I don't think necessarily it is. Again, I'm trying to show that it's a choice. It's an action. It's a decision that you make to love. Um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't sometimes accompany emotions. Um, you know, you get flutters, you know, talking about worldly, not worldly, but like an earthly perspective of love. You get flutters. You just can't wait to be in their presence. Everything they say is funny, right? Um, when you fall in love with God, you, you're kind of like swooned by him you know, at times. You're like just loving to be in this presence. You're just amazed. You can't help to share you can't help but share the gospel. It's um it's a it's an amazing thing. But when I first came up to Christ, I didn't really have that. It was more of a, okay God, let me see if you're who you say you are because I don't know you and, you know, my religion is saying you're false. So 
I need to I need to understand exactly who you are. Um, but I fell I fallen away, you know, since I first gave my life to Christ. And multiple times I found myself having to recommit my life to Christ. Now those times, I can think of two times specifically, <laughs> I would recommit my life to Christ and that emotion, it's like there's a song by uh by Sade. I don't know if you guys know who Sade is. I hope you do. She is the best. And um, you know, she's an R and B singer. She has a song called Pearls. And in this song, I'm not gonna sing it because I'm terrible, but she says that, you know, it's talking about this woman in Somalia scraping for pearls on the roadside, right? But she says how, you know, she's aggravated by the reality of this world. Like it's it's unjust, it's not fair. You know, the sun's burning on this this lady. Listen to the song. But she says, there's a storm in my heart. I love the poetic sense of it. I'm a big poetry lover. Um, I love it. You know, it, there's a storm in my heart. So when I first, or not first, but like recommitted my life to Christ those two other times, you can feel like a storm in your heart. And it's not like a, a negative thing. It's, a, it's something that's like compelling you to action. It's like compelling you to make a decision, but it's also consensual. It's like, I'm not going to force you, but you can't help but go, like get up and walk forward. You know, it's, it's gentle, but it's like also like a fire. And it's like, it's, it's literally undescribable. And I like to see that as a, a form of love. Like I, this love that I'm feeling in emotions that I can't even describe is what's forcing me in in a compelling loving way to stand up and give my life to you by my own decision you know love is is you can't describe it you know and and i think that feeling is a is a good feeling to describe the love of god that is like birthed in you that draws you to repentance jesus says no one comes to me except the father sends them so that that planting or that nudging in your spirit when you really want to just like surrender. Um, again, it's not always going to be emotion. Again, I, I was already saved. You know, I gave my life to Christ. And But there's a, there's a time when you have, and I think by the grace of God, have those emotions of love. Um, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Um, so it's it's something that I think, you know, love is, again, it's a, it's a decision that you make, but it doesn't necessarily mean that emotions might not be involved. I think emotions are a gift of God. Um, but we don't lead in our emotions. We lead in our decisions. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? John 3.16. It's actually pretty similar to, to John 3, 1 John 3.16, I noticed. I was like, man, that's kind of that's kind of crazy. 1 John chapter 3. But let me jump into John 13 because we we see that God tells us it's a command to love him. We see what this love kind of looks like you know, through sacrifice. Um, it's pretty much showing like um, self-denial, you know, love isn't isn't boastful, isn't self-seeking. And um, we're going to read that scripture as well. But we see that God is commanding us to love him in the same way that he loved us. Also love other people in the same way. First John, uh, excuse me, John 13, verse 34, I give you a new commandment to love one another just as I I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Now, this love that he has for us, as you can see in Ephesians, it's it's a love that he had before the foundation of the world. For he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we may be holy and unblemished in his sight in love. 
So he wants us to love him and us, you know, I mean each other, excuse me, in the same way that he loves us. This love is is undeniable. It's unconditional. He 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 loved us before the foundation of the world, before I was even born. There's no precondition that I need to come into this love. But I've been able to partake in that type of love because he has loved me first. And I've been able to experience that type of overwhelming love that's outside of this world. That's the type of love that I believe we need to understand. The only way we can understand it is through God, it's through Jesus, and through his death, burial, and resurrection, through the gospel. <laughs> I mean, you guys, we were sinners. There, there literally is no way. There is no way. And God made a way when there is no way. God emptied himself of his divine privileges, right? He sent the son to die for us. The fullness of God dwelt in bodily form. So you're telling me God is walking around on earth in creation that he created and he was sent to the cross by people that he created. You know, the, the I believe it's a proverb when it talks about the, the potter. Like, can the clay say to the potter, what are you doing? Or why'd you make me? Or what? Like, God literally subjected himself to his clay that he created and said, I'm saving you, not out of anything you can do, not out of what I can gain really from you. I just genuinely, freely love you regardless of what you do. I'm going to sacrifice the son in your place. I'm going to be nailed to a cross by my own creation on a hill that I created. I'm going to be crowned with thorns with, I don't know if there are rose thorns, but like he made roses to be beautiful. Humiliation. I'm going to die, bleed out, and then you guys are going to cast lot and gamble for my underwear. I'm going to go through all that because I don't care about none of that. I'm a king regardless of what you say. I'm the great I am because regardless of what you say. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. I'm eternal. I am God. Him, not me. I free. I love you, and I think the closest thing to describing. I think there's a, there's a reason why it was hard to describe love, you know, because it's it's hard to describe God, and again, God is love. It's it's a it's an amazing thing. It's a truly amazing thing. Before the foundation of the world, He decided, in love, to rescue you. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 is something I want to read. So just posture your hearts to just receive this word in chapter 13. This is Paul talking. He says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have faith and I have faith, or excuse me, I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away everything I owned and I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I receive no benefit. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envious. Love does not brag. It is not puffed up. It is not rude, it is not self-serving, it is not easily angered or resentful. It is not glad about injustice, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But if there are prophecies, 
they will be set aside. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be set aside. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when what is perfect comes, the partial will be set aside. I believe this is talking about when Jesus comes back. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I set aside childish ways. For now we see in the mirror indirectly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I have been fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. That has got to be one of, I mean, the Bible is amazing, but that's one of the best chapters in the whole Bible. I'm a, I'm a, I want you guys to just read that again on your own. I want to let that soak in and just, just digest that. I don't want to add to my commentary. I want the Lord to just tell you what he wants to tell you in that. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, as we close, I want to, again, we're like 18 minutes in. I want to read the story of Isaac and Rebecca. And again, this whole theme of this study is, is about the decision to love. Now we see the characteristics of love. We see who love is, what it looks like, the attributes of love. Um, but love is a, is a decision. It's a decision. And I think it's just this, a decision that needs to be rooted in Christ. It's got to be rooted in Christ. But once we see that it's there, it's, you know, we have a choice to fall into it. You know what I mean? So let's read the story of Isaac. Um, if you guys know, Isaac is the son of Abraham. Abraham had a son through Sarah in her old age. Eight, it was already old. And by the grace of God, it's so crazy too, because, you know, we can see what's going on in, in Israel. And it's, I mean, Isaac and Ishmael, I mean, they're literally like half brothers, you know, and their descendants are, you know, I guess, cousins that are feuding right now. And it's a terrible thing. But, um, but God's promise to Abraham was that he would bear a son through his own loins. Um, and his son, you know, was called Isaac. And then eventually he had Jacob. And then the 12 tribes of Israel came from Jacob. You know, uh, actually, real quick, uh, Ishmael, who is the half-brother of Isaac, he had 12 sons too, right? Kind of interesting. It's so crazy. It's crazy, too, how the Muslims believe that Ishmael was, was about to be sacrificed and not Isaac. It's crazy. But anyway, Isaac... Uh, Abraham's getting old. He's like, yo, I need to find a son. I need to find a wife for my son. God, you said I'm going to be a father of many nations. I'm getting old. My wife's dead now. Sarah passed away. How's this going to happen? Um, God is faithful. God is faithful. All right. Abraham says, look, we're going to read the story, but he says to his servant, don't give my, my son to any of these Canaanite women. Give them from people from my own people, my own countrymen. And um, he sends his, his servant on a mission. Um, and his servant is, let's read it. Let's read it. <laughs> now, Abraham was very old, well advanced in his years, and the Lord had blessed him in everything. Abraham said to, it, said to his servant, the senior one in his household, who was in charge of everything he had, put your hand under my thigh so that I may make a solemn promise. 
by the Lord, the God of heaven and of earth, you must not acquire a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among who I am living. You must go instead to my country and to my relatives to find a wife for my son, Isaac. The servant asked him, what if the woman doesn't want to come? It's, she had the choice. And I thought that was a very beautiful thing, especially in, in this time, you know. Um, the servant asked him, what if the woman is not willing to come with me to this land? Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Be careful never to take my son back there. Abraham told him, the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and the land of my relatives, promised me a solemn oath to your descendants. I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you may find a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to come back with you, you will be free from this oath of mine. They trust in the Lord. They trust in the Lord. He's going to send the angel ahead of you. I'm not, if the Lord is faithful and he wills it, he's going to help it come to pass. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, you will be free from this oath, but, if, but you must not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of his master and gave his solemn promise he would carry out his wishes. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed with all kinds of gifts from his master at his disposal. Um, he journeyed to the region of Aaron Naharam. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> and the city of Nahor. He made the camels kneel down by the well outside the city. It was evening, the time when the women would go out to draw water. He prayed, O Lord, God of my, my, God of my master Abraham, guide me today. Be faithful to my master Abraham. Here I am standing by the spring, and the daughters of the people who live in the town are coming out to draw water. I will say to a young woman, please lower your jar so I may drink. May the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac reply, drink, and I will give you camels or give your camels water to drink. I will give your camels waters too. Cannot read you guys. You know what's crazy too? What does this sound like? Y'all see that cat walk by? What does this sound like? This story. You might be thinking, um, reminded of the story of when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman. You know what I mean? Do you see like the parallel? It's crazy. In this way, I will know. So he's saying, the, the servant's saying to God, look, I want to make it obvious that you're working and that you selected this woman for my servant Isaac. Um, this is the, the condition. Like if it's, if it's okay with you, like may the one you have chosen for your servant reply to, to me, drink, and I'll, I'll give your camel some water to drink as well. In this way, I will know that you have been faithful to my master. Before he had finished praying, there came Rebecca with her water jugs on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah. Milcah was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahor. So this is his, like, Abraham's brother's, like, granddaughter. Now, the young woman was very beautiful. She was a virgin. No man had ever had sexual relations with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up. Abraham's servant ran to meet her and said, Please give me a sip of water from your jug. Drink, my lord, she replied, and quickly lowering her jug she, uh, to her hands, she gave him a drink. When she, when she had done so, she said, I will draw water from your camels too until they have drunk as much as they want. She quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw more water until she had drawn enough for his camels. This woman sounds absolutely amazing, absolutely generous. 
Silently, the man watched her with interest to determine if the Lord had made his journey successful or not. After the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring weighing a becca and two gold bracelets weighing 10 shekels and gave them to her. Whose daughter are you? He asked. Tell me, is, it, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom Milcah bore to Nahor. We have plenty of straw and feed, she added, and room for you to spend the night. Talking about for the camels. The man bowed his head and worshiped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my father Abraham, who has not abandoned his faithful love for my master. The Lord has led me to the house of my master's relatives. Now, this is interesting because you, can you imagine some guy just like bowing down right in? I mean, it was probably normal back then, but I just can't imagine like all this stuff is happening. He's just worshiping the Lord right there. We need to be that bold and unashamed to worship the Lord. I, I think so. I'm going to fast forward this a little bit because a lot of it kind of gets repeated. Um, they go into the, the, the house, the family's house of, of uh, Rebecca. Abraham's servant goes in, you know, with the camels. He ends up telling the family kind of like the story of what's been happening, talking about how Abraham has been blessed by the Lord. My master's wife, Sarah, bore him a son. But now she's old um, or when she was old, excuse me. And as we continue to read, he, you know, he talks about the promise of the angel that would go and make his trip a success. So now here I am by the spring and I see your daughter. She's doing exactly what, what I prayed for we're gonna keep reading we're gonna keep going i put the ring on her head or ring on her nose bracelets on her wrist and so now as he's explaining all this to rebecca's uh oh shoot i'm i i forgot if this is her like brother uh i forget the servant saying hey is this cool with you guys like i believe the lord is blessing this this relationship you know, this promise to my master, he, I've asked him to orchestrate these things. And, and now here we are, it, you're part of the family, you know, the countrymen that Abraham wanted. It's, it's making sense. Is this cool with you? And they're asking for permission. The family is like, yeah, no, I can't stand in a way what the Lord's doing. The Lord is going to be faithful. We talked in the beginning of this, this episode about being rooted in, in love for God first. And you see in this story how when you see God is working in something, when you're so in love with him first, you're not necessarily scared to take the leap of faith into going into a relationship because that person is is covered by the Lord and you are covered by the Lord. I think it's a little less anxiety. I mean, it's not to say it's going to, you know, oh, the Lord blessed it. You know, he organized these things. Now it's all going to be perfect. I'm, I'm not saying that by any means. But you, you're a little more comfortable when you get conf, you know, concurrence or confirmation that the Lord is, is blessing this. And we know the ways the Lord will bless it is if this woman is a woman of God. You know, you read through the Bible or is this man is a man of God. He's, he will bless that. He, he will bless that. But if you want to bring to a covenant someone that isn't known by God, you can't necessarily say God will bless it. Now, let's get back into the scripture. Um when, when the family sees that the Lord is moving, they're like, I, it doesn't matter what I say. The Lord is in this. Rebecca stands here before you. Take her and go so that way she may become the wife of your master's son, just as the Lord has decided. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed to the ground before the Lord. 
be worshiping again. Then he brought out the gold, silver, and clothing and gave them to Rebecca. He also gave valuable gifts to the family. Okay, it was her brother and to her mother. That's what it was. Um, after this, he and the men who were with him ate a meal and stayed overnight. But get this. When they got up in the morning, he said, let me leave now so I can return to my master. But Rebecca's brother and her mother replied, let the girl stay with us a few more days, perhaps 10. Then she can go. Then he said, don't detain me. The Lord has granted me success on this journey. Let me leave now so I may return to my master. Then they said, we'll call the girl and find out what she wants to do. If she wants to join in on this, I mean, she has a say as well. So they called Rebecca and asked her, do you want to go with this man? She replied, I want to go. She has made her decision. I think her decision is because she feels comfortable partly. Um, she's probably excited as well um, to be married, this great man, um, son of a covenant relationship with Abraham. Um, but she sees that God is in this. I think she is a little more comfortable with going with this foreign man and I mean, this is kind of crazy, you know, if God was not into it. Um, they sent their sister Rebecca on her way, accompanied by her female attendant with Abraham's servant and his men. So he's like, okay, I'm going to take my, my friend with me. I'm going to take my attendant with me. They blessed Rebecca with these words. Our sister, may you become the mother of thousands of ten thousands. May your descendants possess the strongholds of their enemies. Then Rebecca and her female servants mounted the camels and rode away with the man. So Abraham's servant took Rebecca and left. Now Isaac came from Beer Lahai Leroy. I'm pronouncing that wrong, probably, for he was living in the Negev. He went out to relax in the field in the early evening. Then he looked up and saw that there were camels approaching. Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked Abraham's servant, Who is the man walking? in the field towards us. That is my master, the servant replied. So she took her veil and covered herself. I thought that was very interesting. The servant told Isaac everything that had happened. Then Isaac brought Rebekah into his mother Sarah's tent. He took her as his wife and loved her. Now this is the key. He took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. He took Rebecca as his wife and he loved her. Now they got married, you know, they, I'm sure they consummated their marriage, but the decision was made to love. And as you see with Isaac, he, you know, he heard about the story of everything that took place, the sign that's, that the servant asked to be given to him, you know, the orchestration, the, you know, the seeking of, of the family member, like the whole nine. He saw as a man of God, he's like, God is in this. He's going to bless this. I am going to choose to love this woman. How can you say that he, he married her and he loved her? He loved her. And this love, you guys, I again, it's, love is a decision. It's a decision that we make and we decide to do that's unconditional of the other person, except one thing that is covered by the Lord. That should be the biggest decision. I mean, you want to, of course, you know, you know, find you know, joy with this person, you know, but um, that's not going to like last, you know, you're going to get annoyed eventually. Your love can't be founded in things that are wavering. It needs to be rooted in something that is lasting, something that will be forever, you know, and it's, if it's rooted in God, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be good. And you got to make the decision to deny yourself and choose to love.
the same way that that Isaac loved Rebecca is the same way that God loved us and how he chose to love us. We know this because if we open up the Blue Letter Bible and if we go down to the, um, let me actually go back so you guys can see the process of how I, I went through this. So I looked up Genesis 24. That's the chapter that we're reading. The very last verse, that's when uh, Isaac says, and he, or the Bible says that, and he loved her. So if I open this up, we see the word is ahab, right? And we see the definitions from it, it means to love, but it says, you know, human love for another, but also human love for God and God's love towards man. So this is the type of love that is genuine. And I think some people call it like the agape love. It's unconditional. It's the type of love that's rooted in Christ. This is the type of love that we must first understand with our own personal relationship with the Lord, with our own covenant that we've built with him. And if you, I mean, you got to have, you got to surrender your life to him to even experience that. You know, he has a promise. If you receive me, if you receive my salvation, you will experience my love. This is the type of love that Isaac had. I think it's that type of unconditional, unwavering love that we should want to adopt and we should want to emulate for other people. So um, in closing, um, I pray that, you know, as we went through the scripture and, and discussed many different facets of this love, that something stuck that God is planting, that God is planting, whether if it's the love that he has for you, the love that he wants you to experience with him, or the love that he wants you to share with other people. Whatever it is, just take that to God and, and pray about that. It's hard to describe God. It's hard to describe love. Um, love is a beautiful thing. So in closing, you guys, um, again, episode five in the books. We're going to try to get this going. Um, you know, Nick and I are going to try to make sure we keep producing better quality things for you guys. Today we got the cozy, the cozy Bible study vibe. You see the candle flickering in the back. Let me know what you guys think. Um... And uh, be sure to like this video. The dating show, I think we're going to go ahead and put, ping the the sign-in form at the bottom. Again, we just want to have an environment where God can bless the love that, that people are choosing to come into. So the world has crazy ways of, of allowing people to enter into love. And it's through means that are superficial. But we got to look through the lens of, of Jesus. And I think that's the foundation we should we should be living on and and seeking love through. I love you guys tremendously. I know Nick loves you guys as well. Um, let's know our Lord so we can know what love truly is. Okay. You guys have a good one. Be blessed. Have a good night. Happy Friday, episode five.